president and I have a responsibility to act with urgency and resolve when our nation faces clear and present danger. That's what climate change is about. It is literally, not figuratively, a clear and present danger. I'm calling bullshit. They don't care about saving the planet. They know that climate change is not going to kill millions around the world. No, this is all about gaining power and control over you. And climate change, much like COVID, is their current ticket to get there. They're using this so-called emergency to justify a reset. And it must be stopped because it's nothing more than national suicide for any country that follows this evil plan. And in some corners of the world, that destruction has already begun. Sri Lanka, the country is in the grip of a massive political and economic crisis. Nearly 5 million people, that is 22% of the population right now, need food aid. Tonight, I'll show you how Europe is following in Sri Lanka's footsteps and how the United States will be next. Tonight, the path to control. What the climate emergency is really all about. Well, hello, America. It's a big week for the people that are trying to force something that I'm no longer allowed to say on platforms like YouTube and social media. I mean, I've done this for decades, done this, done this job almost five decades. Never have I been in the position where I couldn't talk about a policy without being canceled. So we're just going to call it the amazing do over. And we'll all know what that means. The amazing do-over. Maybe that'll get past the algorithms. So why is it a big week? Well, I want to show you the schedule. Consumer confidence numbers, which are in the crapper, dropped yesterday. The Fed and Jerome Powell met today to try to tell us that their interest rate meddling is no big deal. Second quarter economic growth data drops tomorrow, and the consumer price inflation information is here on Friday. Literally everyone is expecting every single day this week to be an absolute bloodbath of negative information. Politico called it uh, this week a, quote, Category 5 economic storm. Gee, isn't that what da uh, Jamie Dimon said was coming? An economic hurricane? They quoted Deutsche Bank that said this week's economic data would leave you breathless. The amazing do-over. Those people are in absolute panic mode. Last Thursday, Biden's White House published this article that tries to redefine the word that we have all grown up to know, recession. They are terrified. They only have two years left in Biden's office, and they have mere months of their control in Congress. And now the true ramifications of the amazing do-over experiment are starting to become clear. And what is the end state? Well, I don't think there's any other way to describe it other than national suicide. And the most diabolical, and I mean that literally, the most diabolical part is that they know this. Industries and entire countries are already beginning to fall and collapse. Tonight, I'm going to show you everything that is in our future. Biden's executive actions last week over a heat wave 
tell you everything you need to know how panicked they are. Now, this is breaking news. I was just handed this. Apparently, it is July, and it's also very hot all around the country. You tell me. I didn't see that coming. Apparently, the geniuses over at the White House uh, and Joe Biden are pretending to be shocked. So, of course, he needed to use his executive power to send billions of dollars to subsidize air conditioning. Hey, man, I'm serious. No big deal. I mean, I'm telling you the truth. Already 9.2 and rising, but this is going to be anti-inflationary. A couple of billion more for air conditioning in July. Who would have seen it coming? This is only the beginning. It's only the beginning of disastrous economic numbers, and it is just the start of wild and stupid executive actions from Biden. We are being groomed for our own national suicide. And I'll show it. If you don't see it tonight, you won't ever see it, I think. But first, I want to reiterate what all of this really is really about. What is the point of the Amazing do-over. Despite the hysterics over heat waves, cold waves, and now monkeypox, they don't give a crap about any of those things. What is the end goal? They say their end goal is a cleaner and safer world. Do you feel safer? Does anything feel cleaner to you? I'm going to play for you here a roundtable discussion over the World Economic Forum with the king of creepy... Klaus Schwab, listen. So what does all this mean for the respective roles of government and business? After decades since the 1980s of Thatcher and Reagan, when the orthodoxy in much of the West was that smaller government and free markets were best, we are now seeing the return of government. What we have seen was kind of, how shall I say, dominance of business in global affairs in the last, at least in the last two decades. Now this is balancing out. We have uh, the return of government, uh, government even taking participation in companies. Ooh, wow. Think of that. Oh, you're very sexy when you're talking about control, Klaus. The end of the Reagan-Thatcher era. That's what we're talking about. The return of big government. Now, let me just ask you. He thinks there's only two parties, big uh, government or big business. What about us, the little people? When do we get a shot at controlling our future? Did you hear the last part that he said about even government participation in big companies? This is what it's all about. The fight between big corporate and big government. They're married into each other now, and government must dominate. They must seize control of the assets that they, they at least have control over now. So let's war game this for just a second. If you wanted to enslave a whole group of people and you had to do it through tyranny, which is the only way you can absolutely control them, you have to control certain sections and sectors of industries. You need to control energy because without energy, you got nothing. Food supply, health care, transportation. 
If you really want it to last, you also have to control the education so the next generation thinks it's okay on what you're doing. But if you take control of energy and you cause every prices must necessarily go up, uh, if you do it too quickly, people will figure it out. And so you're going to have to pay for people's unexpected bill in air conditioning. It's not a, that it was unexpected that we would pay this much for air conditioning. It's that we're paying so much for food and electricity and gas. And the job market seems to really kind of suck. So that's why they're bailing out, to buy time. Progressives have always hated private industry, especially healthcare. They want the state to be your doctor. What the assault on American healthcare system is really all about. They want the physical and psychological control of being the arbiter of your health. And we saw strides they made during the pandemic, a lot of them. And take a look at the energy, food supply, and transportation. Climate panic covers them all. They're impeding oil and gas companies, while at the same time throwing the blame on those companies as energy prices spike, spike through the roof. The government wants them, in fact, no, needs them to fail. Here's Biden's energy advisor last week on what they're doing to the oil and gas sectors. Watch and listen. We have to make that differentiation to make sure that the American consumer has what it needs to grow, to gl grow our economy and the global economy, but not take steps and endanger the climate uh, work that we're trying to do to make sure that we're on a better footing to accelerate the transition. Okay, you have that? They want to make sure that they don't go too fast, uh, because if they go too fast and it becomes too expensive to you for you too quickly, well, then, um, you know, they can't accelerate the transition, which is translated to we can't destroy the American energy sector, a sector they have to have complete control over. They know that we're all experiencing pain over this. But honestly, if you think they give a crap, think again. It is helping them seize control over energy production as well as transportation. Here's Pete Buttigieg last week. The more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. Wow. They know we're experiencing pain, and they want the pain. And to them, the ends justify the means. Now, maybe I'm just a little bit paranoid, but I can already see what the future has in store for all of us. Hey, Tesla, uh, take me to grandma's house. I'm sorry. Your social media posts this week reflect that you don't care about the January 6th hearing. Oh, and that you're also ultra MAGA. You may not travel until this is corrected. Bing. Have a nice day. And food production? I've never seen such an assault on the American farm. In fact, I've never seen our government assault the American farmer before and the American rancher. Look at what we're seeing. Progressive businessmen like Bill Gates are buying up all the farmland. People are being told to eat bugs and fake meat, which both, I think, taste about the same. Farmers are being regulated into the ground and told you will grow this food without your fertilizer or you'll go out of business. Now, does anyone believe that they're doing this because they actually care about the organic food or the planet? 
Do they really care about family farms and farmers? Do they they care about the rancher? No, they care about the land. That's what they want to buy. That's what they want to own. That's what they want to produce on. In the end, it's all about control. You will come to them for your food, your medicine, your transportation, your energy, your education, everything. And time is not on their side. And this week's Category 5 economic storm is proof that they have mere months to further set the absolute takeover of big government in motion. Take a look at this. This is a joint declaration between the United Nations and the World Economic Forum back in 2019. Watch. This afternoon, the Secretary General and Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, will, sign a, will witness the signing of a memorandum of understanding on a strategic partnership between the UN and the World Economic Forum, which outlines areas of cooperation to deepen engagement between the two institutions and to jointly accelerate the implementation of the 2030 Agenda. Ah, the 2030 Agenda. It used to be called Agenda 21, and then we... Uh Exposed that. And so they made it to Agenda 30 uh, and everybody kind of forgot about it. But it can be summed up as the amazing do over. And it is national suicide. And they know that it is the destroyer of countries. But they're doing it all anyway, because that is the essence of their plan. They are about to embark on a plan to accelerate everything before the midterms and the general election. Biden's executive actions this week were but a small taste. And I'm going to show you what might happen soon when we come back. All right. Everybody expected uh, Joe Biden to declare a national climate emergency last week. I know I did. Uh, instead, he just gave billions to air conditioning for a heat wave. Hold on. I'm just getting a, just got breaking news. It is now the end of July and it is still hot in many places in America. Now back to our regular programming. Um, I actually thought he would declare a national emergency uh, last week, and I know I just said to you that he's going to do it before the um, midterms, but there's probably an equal chance that he does it right after the midterms. You know, try to keep people calm and give them all kinds of money and everything else that they want for the midterms, and then once he loses the House and the Senate, then he has no choice because this Congress just won't work with him. Now, listen to this from Biden's climate advisor, Gina McCarthy. He's going to make it clear that just because Congress couldn't get it done, he is going to move forward with every power available to him to make the change in the shift to clean energy. That's why I say there's an equal chance that he does it because then he can blame it all on the Republicans. Last week, it was a shot across the bow of Congress. It was an announcement that major action is coming. You better do something or I'm going to do it. That's completely outside of the Constitution. Uh, but that was uh, that was something that I warned you. Oh, so very, uh, so very often last month. I told you about a December 2020 meeting that Biden had with a group called the Center for Biological Diversity. You remember that episode? 
That's when I told you they presented Biden with 10 model executive orders that all basically have been enacted, all except number one, declare a national climate emergency. This is where Biden's actions last week are leading. And when it does run for the hills, get your go bags ready, because remember, this has nothing to do with the climate. If it actually did. Why did Joe Biden go to the Saudis on his hands and knees begging for them to give us oil? Why is he blaming it all on Putin instead of saying, like he said during the election when he was running for president, I'm going to make these oil companies, I'm going to shut them down or I'll control them. We're ending this era of energy with oil production. You remember all of that? So now he goes over and runs over to Saudi Arabia at the same time he's shutting down oil production here at home. Why would you do that? Oh, and get utterly embarrassed along the way. This is ESG in summation. They claim virtue here at home, but they're hoping like hell that somebody else will bail them out while they try to pull a Pontius Pilate. I had nothing to do with this. And speaking of ESG in summation, why did Europe last month declare that natural gas and nuclear were now suddenly forms of green energy? I've said that for years, but they haven't. But it was all about going green, wasn't it? But uh, the cleanest energy has nothing to do with being green, really? Now we see ESG is whatever they want as long as it gets them to their goal. And their goal is twofold, control, and right now, a secondary goal is uh, don't freak people out so much that they throw us out of power before we can really grab all of the levers. This is just a power grab, and that's what Biden is really getting ready with a future emergency declaration. These are 21st century fascists, and they have been gaming this for a long, long time. And as I showed you earlier... They've already written the executive orders, but the planning goes back even further. Let me show you an article by Dan Farber. He's an environmental law professor at Berkeley. The first half of this is all about Trump, President Trump's national emergency at the border. He posed the scenario of what it might open up if the Supreme Court didn't shut it down. And the second half is all just climate feargasm. And the list of actions the president can now take after declaring a national emergency. And if an environmental law professor from Berkeley is listing these as possible actions, you can pretty much bet the farm that the entire amazing people at, that are coming up with the do-over and the Build Back Better crew are thinking exactly the same thing. But just a few. The article points out that all oil leases are required to have clauses that allow them to be suspended during a national emergency. This will probably be a first action taken. All oil rigs will be shut down all over the country. Just imagine how worse fuel and energy costs, costs will get. We haven't seen anything yet. Supporting renewable energy, the article again points out that the president has the power to do an awful lot in an emergency, and with oil leases halted, they will claim industrial shortfalls for things like batteries and solar panels and electric cars. And this is what will lead them to the public-private partnership, and it will dominate the narrative. 
This is also where private companies have the appearance of being private, but with the government giving them no choice on what they produce. And back when words used to have meaning, we used to call this the technical definition of fascism. The Secretary of Transportation has broad power to coordinate transportation during national emergencies. Dan Farber suggests that this might, quote, allow various restrictions on automobile and truck use to decrease emissions of greenhouse gases. Laugh all you want. Your friends and neighbors can laugh all they want. But this is coming. And they call us conspiracy theorists for saying things like this, that it might actually happen. And I'm taking it from an environmental whack job. He's basically suggesting that the government will be able, actually should be able, to tell us when, where, and how we travel. What's then to stop them from mandating that all car manufacturers stop producing gas-powered cars? Oh no, they've already done that through the board of directors. They'll stop producing gas cars by 2030. What's to stop them then from forcing companies like Tesla to shut off people's vehicles at certain times of the day or certain locations. Nothing. And if Elon Musk wants to keep his company, he'll do it. If not, they'll either dig up some dirt on him uh, to make him go away, and then the board of directors, who's much more friendly to the government, will take over, or they'll just destroy the company through smears, and the stock will fall. Um, This is, I've told you, if this happens, it'll be time to run for the hills. But get a load of the last one. The president may invoke the International Emergency Economic Powers Act to deal with any unusual and extraordinary threat. This gets so insane, I'm going to quote the Brennan Center directly regarding what this could open up. Quote, This act confers broad authority to regulate financial and other commercial transactions involving designated entities, including the power to impose sanctions on individuals and countries. Now, could we talk about the sanctioning and charging of American citizens here? No, that would never happen. Does this Does this company traffic in fossil fuels outside the U.S.? Can we put them in jail? I mean, how far can an administration take this? How far could it bend? Does this media company deny climate change is an existential threat? Does this host deny climate change is is an emergency that has to be stopped at all cost? Or is it just Russian propaganda? Mm. Can we take them off the air? How about putting them in jail? Does this company post negatively on social media about, you know, oh my gosh, look who wrote the book about, is that foreign propaganda? Can we put him in jail? And if you think Biden and his puppeteers won't have the stones to do this, if you think this is crazy, watch this video from the campaign trail. Holding them liable for what they have done, particularly in those cases where you're underserved neighborhoods and you, you know the deal, okay? And by the way, when they don't, when they're deliberate, put them in jail. That's what I, I, I'm not joking about this. I'm not joking about this. Put them in jail. And he's not joking about this. 
kind of has a new scary context now, doesn't it? I can't stress this enough. This has been pre-planned. In their minds, they have less than two years to get this done. Biden's press conference on the heat wave last week was a warning. It is coming. Consider how bad things have to become after just two years of Build Back Better. Now imagine two years from now. And you know what? Four years is an interesting timetable. And I say that because that is exactly how long it has taken for this to completely cause the collapse of another country. We've seen it. And it is the case study of what could happen here. And, you know, it's funny because the World Economic Forum bragged about this. They said four years ago, look how we're going to make this country rich. And then when I talked about the collapse and pointed out that they were the architect of it, by the end of my radio show, the World Economic Forum had made that article disappear. It's magic. And we'll show you when we come back. The Malthusian uh, movement started in the 1800s, and it was a movement that really is anti-people. In fact, the first, I think the first reference that I could relate to that was Malthusian when I was a kid, and I didn't know where it was bringing or what Charles Dickens was saying with this, but uh, the Malthusian attitude was that of Scrooge. Remember when they come and they ask for money for the poor? What, are there no workhouses? Uh, are there no prisons? It was a commentary on those people that uh, thought that we were just overpopulated and we had too many people. That's why he follows it with, well, then they'll just reduce the surplus population. There are people that actually believe that people are expendable and we can just lose people. We don't we shouldn't be uh, trying to feed everyone. I mean, it'd be great if we can. But if, it, if there's a bump in the road, oh, well. I'm also reminded of a quote from George Soros, who just was so creepy when he was on 60 Minutes. Look it up for yourself when he said, you know, we have these plans that sometimes, I don't know, I know people uh, will have their lives uh, broken apart and disrupted, but they, to me it's just fun. That's incredible. These people believe that um, capitalism is bad, that... Everything we do is wrong, that people aren't part of nature. In fact, I'm up here in Idaho, and uh, there are people in Washington State that are seriously, and here in Idaho, seriously talking about taking five dams off of the Snake River. And why are they doing it? Because it's hard for the salmon to swim upstream. It's getting a little hard for them. Oh, is it? Uh, it's better than getting a little hard for me to have food or water or electricity. You take five dams off the Snake River and the Pacific Northwest is toast. People will die, but the fish will be okay. Because, see, uh, humans disrupt nature by building dams. Forget about the beavers. Yes, they make dams too, but that's natural. 
damn the beavers. They don't care. Whatever you want to call it, it is national suicide. It kills countries, but more importantly, it does kill people. And Europe has been on this path a few years longer than we have. I want to show you a graph here. This is food inflation in the EU over the past 12 months. It is now up over 11%. But in July of last year, it was, as you see, 1.5%. Now, Biden and all those people who are calling for the amazing do-over want to uh, want Russia to shoulder all of the blame. But look at what was happening from July to February. Food inflation was going up and Russia wasn't in Ukraine yet. It was on a steady rise. Then invasion no doubt made it worse, but what was happening? You can see how Russia became their sole excuse once the opportunity presented itself. So what was the problem and how could they resist this excuse? People couldn't afford food. They were going hungry. They were scared. They also had inflation from energy prices in their homes. They had a no heat, put gas in their cars. They couldn't just serve up a mea culpa and admit, okay, all right, what we're doing is, I mean, it's really not working. It all had to be Russia's fault. These are the fruits of this concept. This is what happens when you radically change energy, food, and monetary policy. And they know this. They expect the pain. Then they look the other way and search for a patsy. Check this out. I want to show you now a deleted article on the official website of the United Nations. Benefits of world hunger. And I quote, Hungry people are the most productive people, especially when there's a need for manual labor. Yeah, now it's a real article making the case that it's actually good for people to go hungry because it motivates them to work hard for those in the privileged classes. If you read on, you find out that this is all satire. Quote, for those of us at the high end of the social ladder ending hunger globally would be a disaster. If there was no hunger in the world, who would plow the fields? Who would harvest our vegetables? Who would work rendering the plants? Uh, who would clean our toilets? Who would produce our food? We're not going to clean our toilets or wash up after a meal. So this is this is making what point? I mean, I, I, I the only point I can see is you know the same point that Karl Marx made. This is what a Marxist believes, and it was pointed. Uh, it was posted on the UN's website. And it is making jokes of real people who are going hungry, all due to the global policies that people at the U.N. and others are pushing, those people at the top of the ladder. People going hungry is a joke for them. And for the people who really are Malthusian, they actually, they kind of like it. I mean, yeah. I mean, do you remember when they were complaining that we still hadn't reduced uh, our energy uh, intake enough while we had the entire world shut down, that wasn't enough. But it's not their fault. It's Russia. It's capitalism. Tomorrow it'll be somebody else or something else. But it will remain funny to them, our struggles. 
Let me show you another deleted article, but this one is from the World Economic Forum. I talked about it a minute ago. I showed this article on radio a few weeks back, and weirdly enough, it's been there for years. Weirdly enough, just as my show was ending, this article was taken down. Klaus, are you a fan? The Sri Lankan prime minister wrote this piece specifically for the World Economic Forum. Quote, this is how I will make my country rich by 2025. The article was written in 2018 and specifically credited their plan called Vision 2025 that would slowly begin to make their country a financial juggernaut. It's very vague on how they actually will do it, but they do mention a few things like progressive schooling, land reform, private public partnerships, and a new World Bank strategy to open up finances. We used to call that money printing. Now let's fast forward to the most recent WEF article. This one surprisingly didn't get deleted. Quote, Sri Lanka gives public sector workers an extra day off to grow food. Oh, my gosh. I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to have an extra day where I could just work out in the garden. Or I've never wanted that. I don't want to work in a garden. I'm not a farmer. Why would I want an extra day so I could work on the farm? It's not like they're doing this because they think everybody's going to love it. They're doing it because people are going hungry. Why? Because of this. It was supposed to make them the next financial powerhouse. But it is so crazy, it won't work. This video was taken just a few weeks ago. Angry Sri Lankans storming the presidential palace as food and energy prices became completely out of control. It took the amazing do-over just four years to inflict national suicide on this country. These people, they're never going to pay for their crimes and what they've done to that population. According to their prime minister, the country is now bankrupt. Huh. Farmers are always the first to get hit, and Sri Lanka completely upended the food supply with a ban on fertilizer. Does this sound familiar? They just did this in Canada, by the way. But, you know, at least the government could claim to have a high ESG score, right? They did. Making matters worse, but right in line with the UN and Davos, Sri Lanka embarked on an insane fiscal policy of high debt, money printing, and spending. Sound familiar? John Kerry actually said this week that, you know, they can't slow down on the climate uh, uh, transition. They, they, they have to do it. And besides printing all this money to pay for this, and I'm talking trillions of dollars, that's anti-inflationary. On what planet is that anti-inflationary? 500,000 people fell below the poverty line in just a couple of years. Food and gas shortages followed shortly after. 
The Sri Lankan power and energy minister just announced a fuel rationing system that requires the use of a QR code to get gas. Maybe we could put a chip in our arms or on our forehead. Now imagine the chaos of using a rationing system to get gas, but do it with food. And remember, the elites over at the United Nations think this is all funny. It it is so hilarious. Well, I like to experiment from time to time. It's just fun. You want to take a guess at what Biden administration is blaming for all of this? Yeah. What, Vladimir Putin again? Somehow, some way, Russia is responsible for the four years of Sri Lanka printing money, going into insane debt, spending like crazy, um, completely upending their food supply, all in the name of to get a good ESG score. Wow, that Putin, he is diabolical. Back in a minute. So Europe is now seeing the death throes that we have delayed, but we're not far behind. It was President Trump that gave us a few years by pulling us out of the Paris Agreement, or we'd be with everybody else in the world. The European Union marched right along to the amazing do-over drumbeat. It has a pretty predictable playbook, and we're seeing it in countries all over the world. And it goes like this. The government announces a massive shift to green. Then... They begin punishing industries they don't like. Usually it's companies that provide critical resources like food or energy. Also, it's uh, coincidentally the industries that the government has little control over. Farmers and ranchers then find themselves under attack and heavily regulated. They're slapped with massive amounts of red tape and they can conform or they go under. By the way, don't use any of that fertilizer. Massive amounts of spending are then announced, spanning billions and trillions across wide spectrums. And so money printing is necessary. Ta-da! Modern monetary theory is implemented to get it all done. Let's reiterate. Clean energy, clean environment, not what they want. They don't give a crap about organic food. The control of industry and the collapse of the power that is currently regulating all of us is what they're after. That's it. Take a look at what's happening all over Europe right now. And if it hadn't been for the Trump administration, us too. The Germans have had their biggest climate crusaders in the entire world take the country. One month before Russia invaded Ukraine, they began shutting down all their nuclear power plants. It's made them more reliant on countries like Russia. Putin is now taking advantage of that. They're threatening to shut off gas flows to countries like Germany. Wow. If they only could have been warned by somebody before all of this. Mm. Germany is totally controlled by Russia. It's very sad when Germany makes a massive oil and gas deal with Russia where you're supposed to be guarding against Russia and Germany goes out and pays billions and billions of dollars a year to Russia. That segment was called Attacking Allies by CBS News. I wonder now if CBS News realizes that we're doing the bidding of Klaus Schwab. Hmm? Uh, wow. 
attacking the one man that was standing in the way of all of this suffering. Germany now has announced a possible global hunger crisis. Their supermarkets have rationed food. They recently saw the highest inflation numbers in nearly 50 years, and they have the highest electricity rates in the world. The United States isn't even in the top 20. Take a look at Estonia. They were recently hailed as Europeans' green capital. Now they lead the entire Eurozone in energy inflation. Quote, the highest year-on-year inflation rate in the Eurozone was in Estonia, where prices surged 22% in June. Wow, that's horrible. Yeah, 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 but they've got a great ESG score. And like Sri Lanka, check out what's happening with the Estonian farmers. Estonian organic land area has more than doubled over the last 10 years, representing almost 22% of the total agricultural area. And uh, this percentage makes Estonia one of the three leading uh, countries in the European Union uh, by the share of organic area. Oh, isn't that great? They're a leader. They've got all those great ESG numbers. And, you know, as their babies cry from hunger in the middle of the night, their mothers can sing them to blissful sleep by singing the wonders of their high ESG scores. A shift organic with slapping regulations on farmers. It's always one of the first signs, and it is happening now. Estonian farmers have been protesting now for years, but nobody has been listening. Now Canada, just last week, told their farmers, get in line. But farmers in Spain, uh, the Dutch farmers, Italy, all places all over in Europe are rising up. But government and activists everywhere are acting as if everything's okay. And they're doubling down. Check out this from the uh, United Kingdom. George, there's a big emphasis on agriculture and how agriculture needs to cut its emissions. And I know it's an, it's an issue you feel very strongly about. You've said that agriculture is arguably the most destructive industry on earth. Explain, and, and do you still believe that, George? It's by far and away the greatest cause of habitat destruction, the greatest cause of wildlife loss, the greatest cause of extinction greatest cause of soil loss, greatest source of fresh water use. It's one of the greatest causes of climate breakdown. Uh -huh. The argument here is that our farmers are dangerous because they grow our food. You should hear the whole clip. The formula here is very simple. It's not that hard to figure out. Screw with the money supply, um, crash the economy, screw with the energy supply, People go cold. They can't drive their cars, the machinery, screw with the farmers. People go hungry. Some people die. People panic. They rise up. They've got to have some savior. But you have a good ESG score, so that savior is there. You just have to do exactly what they tell you to do. I already showed you what the Biden administration possibly has planned for new executive orders. These are on top of the damage they've already done. Now, just wait until they start putting the pressure on our farmers and our ranchers. Oh, in the middle of this massive food inflation and global food shortage, Biden's people thought the obvious answer was to manipulate our food supply by paying our farmers to stop producing food. Now, that's brilliant. No joke. That's brilliant. And all in the name of, quote, 
blunting agriculture's environmental impact. Screw the fact that people can't afford food right now. It's literally a joke to them. Remember, worthy of satire pieces on the U.N.'s website. It is all about the government seizing power. It's all about control, control of energy, controlling gas, the food, all of it. They want to own it all. You will own nothing and you will rent for that from them and buy from them for the rest of your life. The ESG banks are on notice tomorrow on radio from the Mountain West. Good night.